right, welcome back, episode 7, Hunting PA, True Experience. Uh, it's been a little bit since our last episode, but uh, there's been a lot going on uh, as of late. For starters, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Which is wild. I cannot believe it. It's been a long time coming. I know Mick, our cousin Mick, is just, I know he's happy. It's been a long time coming from him and... Oh man, it's I really don't know if it's really hit me yet. I, that's the yeah. thing. It's like I watched it, I experienced it, but it's like, damn. And for them to come back, wasn't it every game in the playoffs? Every, yeah, we we were down by double. We were down by double digits every single game, but then won by double digits every single game. I don't know. It's just a bit. It's been a long time of just pure letdown. Just pure letdown every single year. And the Chiefs were the team that would always find a way to lose. Like, and it would always be so unique that it's like you never saw a team lose like that before every was, single time. What was that, last year with the Patriots? Last year with the Patriots, several things, but D Forbes lines up offsides on that pick. And then, you know, I think the year before that was the Titans game where Mariota scrambles and throws a pick pretty much, but it gets deflected right back into his hands and he catches it and scores. <laughs> like, it's just like, what? It's just stuff like that would happen to the Chiefs over and over and over again and finally got over the hump. And I feel amazing for Andy Reid. I mean, God, yes. that guy deserved that. You guys are the champs. The champs. I was talking to Mick. You know, I mean, I talk to him all the time. But uh, city of champions. I was gonna say he <laughs> feels all champion right now. I know. I mean, I, I, you blend Kansas City and St. Louis. I mean, I do personally. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of sports, kind of, I kind of mush them together. But uh, they're the city of champs. The Blues. Now the Chiefs. The Royals won it in, what, 14? I think they won the World Series, 2014, yeah. which isn't that long ago. The Cardinals, I mean, they've had their runs, but yeah, City Champs. <laughs> it finally happened, and it feels damn good to be a <laughs> yeah. champion. The Chiefs are champs. That's awesome. Jealous. I remember the Capitals run Yeah. to get there, and it just felt so good. Every year prior to that, it was just like nothing went right. I know. It's like now this is this is uncharted waters for me as a fan. <laughs> Like, I don't know what to do in terms of uh, anticipation for next year because it's always been, like, I'm let down in January. And then it's, like, it sucks for a little bit. And then you get a little hope. And then, you know, training camp starts, and then it's next year. But now it's, like, we just won. It's amazing what it does to, like, your mindset throughout the day. I know. You just think about that and you're like, wait, my team won. Like, I feel great. I know. Finally, that just weighed off the shoulders, and finally I saw that. But it's been great. That that happened, and which was like we, like I said, phenomenal. But uh, other than that, I mean, I've not personally been outside as much as I've liked. I would like to in the past couple of weeks. That's for sure. Um, squirrel season is still in till. Till the 29th, right? Yep. So we have the end of this week and next week is it. And then it will go out Saturday, I believe. It's the 29th, I think. Yep. 29th Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Haven't been able to do much squirrel hunting or small game, but I've been able to get out at least. Yeah. Doing some scouting. Mm-hmm. Just, we have, I can preface it with we have two dog, two big dogs. We have a St. Bernard and then we have a rescue dog who has... 10 times the energy as our St. Bernard. So by giving, by taking our other rescue dog out on walks, gives the St. Bernard a little break. 
So we've put in a lot of miles. Just walking around. Yeah, we've done some game lands, and then we've done state forest stuff, too. Okay. And I definitely feel like I have a better grasp on the state game lands than I do, because it's more like field area, more closer to ag, mm-hmm. more what we're used to. Mm-hmm. Then whenever I go into the state forest, it's kind of like, it's almost overwhelming in a sense. I've been trying to figure out the... Uh, Topography and reading maps. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of places to go. You know, so many when places. In that vast mm-hmm. forest. Yeah. And that's, I can credit the maps a little bit to getting that deer this past year. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of dived into that a little more. Like just looking at maps and yeah, stuff? Yeah. Trying to study like the satellite views of it mm-hmm. and then the topography of it too. Right. Which in the field is. It's not as much of a big deal as it is in the mountains. Yeah. It's like one of, I, from my experience, I mean, I've, I try to do that the best I can. It's just, you know, when you look at it, you know, you get an idea of what to expect when you go out there. But then when you're standing there looking at it, it's just nothing looks as you expect it to. It's so if it's different. A, if it's a piece of land that you've never seen yep. or been to before. That's a couple things that I found, and that's why getting out and actually physically seeing it before you decide that's the place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I found a couple like great, you can call them funnels. It's like I found a small ditch in one area that's in between two tree lines, and it has rubs going down this ditch, right? Like the entire way, and it's probably two hundred yards. Mm-hmm. And it's just some so near the back of like a piece of property that not a lot of probably overlooked a little bit from what I found. So that's definitely a place I'm interested in getting into. Yeah, they're clearly using it, and they're there. Yep. Just got to now, you got to scout it out, figure out when they're there. and I like to put a trail camera there just to yeah. kind of see. But. Yeah, for those of you out there, if you do not have a trail camera, I we recommend, I mean, that is a must. If you're doing any kind of scouting at all, which, I mean, you should try to do. I think. Yeah, and I can credit that to this year's deer as well a little bit. Right. I had my trail camera out early and got pictures of, couple of nice bucks that were there yeah you knew that you knew they were around and mm-hmm. stuff yeah I, I know i i need i need to get better at scouting and the part of it is just making time like it's one of those things that just requires time and it's one of those things that sometimes gets pushed aside for other things and oh, yeah. I, I need to do a better job of scouting because my you know the, the good scouting i mean good success yeah translates mm-hmm. and that's Everything that I've read, and that's I'm new to scouting, right? But everything that I've read up on and kind of am seeing now, putting it to work is like right now you can see everything that or the sign that had been left from this past season, which is right kind of nice. And well, we haven't had any snow, but I can imagine snow would be great just to see mm-hmm. tracks everywhere, yes. especially when you get up in those big state forests. Mm-hmm. I mean, without snow, and from my experience, I mean, you're it's already difficult. When you get up in the big, not, it's just, the state forests are so much land, so many places to go, and just so many places for them to avoid you and you're not even seeing them ever. It's just, they're at the advantage. They have the advantage in the big, big land. When you got snow on the ground, you can see where everything's been. I mean, from up there at camp and up there outside Renova, 2G would be at WMU, Clinton County. Uh, the Sproul State Forest, I believe, is what it is. Okay. Um, 
it's just so vast and there's just so steep valleys and ridges and talking about this right now makes me think of that one Penn State research that uh, project they did. I think might have been like 2017 or okay. so, but they tagged a buck, and it was it was going on for a couple of years before he was harvested. But where he went every single day and or consistently over the past, I think it was like three years long, was always on the top of a ridge with his back facing down the steep bank behind him. Like, so he's facing, you know, he's at the top of the ridge, back behind him is a big steep ridge, and in front of him is a clear, flat area. So if you're coming this way, he's going to see you or hear you. Mm-hmm. And you and behind you, you're not going to be able to get up quick enough to get there. So, I mean, they're, they have their ways. Well, it's, that's, and then, the I guess I'm thinking way too far ahead. It's just kind of finding the sign right now. But then you think, when I get to a spot, you kind of think, how would I set up here eventually? Mm-hmm. And when you add wind, getting winded, where they're bedding down at to where they can see, it's just... It's very intimidating. And yeah, it's just trying to put all those puzzle pieces together. I know, and like when you're in the moment, like for me, I picture a lot of things happening. I like I try to. It's like I put myself in this situation. Where is he going to be coming from? And like in that given day, you know, you might be standing there, the wind's blowing a little bit like this, and at your back maybe, and you think he's going to be coming. I don't know from your left. Yeah. So you set up, and then you get in the stand, and it's the complete opposite <laughs> right. of what you thought. But that just goes to scouting. I mean, if you're going to hunt new land, you have to familiarize yourself with it to be successful. I mean, to increase your chances at being successful. Yeah, that's one thing I've found with the internet now. You can read so many articles about it and kind of get yourself, build up a little confidence before you get out there to where you want to head to. Mm-hmm. But then once you're there... It's a whole like different. It's nothing what you'd expect. You yep. picture it in your head. You know that. You know like the general idea. Like you know this ravine's over here. You know that there's you know something over here that looks like a little, I don't know, ravine again on yeah. this side. But mm-hmm. when you get in the moment and in the in the spot you're looking at on a map, it looks completely different. That, than and then all of a sudden you get there and you thought it was going to be open woods and it's yeah. just pure brush. Yeah, that too. Like, which what? has happened to <laughs> yeah. me several times. That's, but without Onyx being like a GPS out there, because there's no service, um, I don't know how much I would be out there doing it. So that's right. kind of a good thing. If you didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Like, like before that app, it was like you had a GPS like tracker, which didn't really necessarily have like a satellite screen on it mm-hmm. where you can see things like or they, that compass in a map, which yeah. I can't imagine. It's crazy how much times have changed in that, in <laughs> know, that sense, right? but Onyx was a game changer. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, going in blind, even if you just know the area a little bit, but going in blind, you never really got in there and scouted it. I mean, I can tell you from experience because that's our biggest problem, like going up north, but mm-hmm. we haven't had you know, that much success. It's because we haven't put in the time to scout the land like we should be doing mm-hmm. to get the bear. And it's just, there's just so much land and it's, if you don't and you go in blind, it's, you put yourself in a serious disadvantage more than you already are to start with. Right. And, you know, that just doesn't add up, which is why we haven't gotten anything. But, again, that goes back to just making time and doing it. Well, that's so far away, too, from where we're and, at right. home, driving up there. Yeah, that, too. And it's just 
there's so many places to go and explore and it's just like you want to go so bad and when you're up there you just you you, you spend time doing this thing and then before you know it it's saturday evening and you're eating oh, and yeah. it's like Shh. And then Shit. what I found is, like, I start to get back into a spot, and I'm not seeing anything. And I set aside, like, six hours on Sunday morning to go and do this. And I'm getting out there, and I'm not finding anything. And I'm like, well, I didn't want to go check the other spot out. So then I back out when I might not have looked into every detail that was there just mm-hmm. to go look at something else to see if it's better. Right. And I've been finding about the same sign everywhere. <laughs> which yeah. I'm on to something, but it's not great. Yeah. Hey, there's something going on there. Yeah. I mean, it's better than finding no sign at all, yeah, right? Yeah, no, right. Now that we're talking about signs, there's – I'm going to – maybe maybe you know. You you might not, but there's this area up at camp that I do have scouted in the past for bear. Okay. And there was like a cluster of – I think they were little beech trees, like those, you know – smooth bark trees Mm -hmm. and they had bear scrapings all over them like they were just clawing the trees and it's it's deep in the woods in the state forest public land and i i want to set a trail cam up but it's i don't want anyone to take it unfortunately it's just the way it goes um but uh it's just there's a bunch of sign it's unbelievable how much sign and there's bark on the ground and everything but i can't I, i can't figure out when when they're doing that have you, I, I just, I don't know. I have no idea about bear. That's like yeah, a whole different. I know. If, any, if anyone listening knows the answer to that question, when when bear scrape trees, I think it has something to do with like a territorial thing. Okay. Like they're marking their territory, like we're feeding here for other bears, I think. Mm-hmm. But the timing thing is, it's I get mixed answers online and I am, I want to set a trail cam up too and I'm probably going to do it here, but they're there every single year. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome to know when that happens. I know, and, and it, would, it would answer a lot of questions. Like they're there in the springtime, maybe eating like nuts, and then come wintertime, they're moving somewhere else. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just something that get, get scouting again goes back to scouting. Well, that's what I've kind of found out with the whitetail scouting. Some of the guys that I've found online that talk about it in the big mountains. There's a guy up in the Allegheny National Forest that does a guide service, and he was talking about. He has, a, I think it's over 80 trail cameras that he uses in this entire national forest. And he would have one buck at one area of the forest during the early, late summertime. He would have pictures of it seven miles from where that was as it came into the rut and pre-rut. And it's all about, it's all about what they're feeding on and what they're getting ready to do. Mm-hmm. So, and that's just crazy to think that they can travel that far. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> right. Animals are crazy. I mean, there was that one shifting gears again to bear. I mean, I'm a bear guy. You're a deer guy. There was a bear that they tracked him from PA. I think it might have been Potter County. They tracked him from Potter County all the way down to Maryland. Like in some, uh, I'm, it was like northern Maryland, I think, but yeah. it was in Maryland. And he traveled there from Potter County. That's insane. Right. It's just crazy what they do, and we don't even know. I mean, <laughs> I mean we know, but we don't, you don't see it, and you don't, I don't know, conceptualize that in your head, I guess. Yeah. But, but yeah, they're cool. And, I mean, that guy, you said Allegheny National Forest. So he... And I, I want to say that's Pennsylvania, and then it leads into New York. It's Allegheny. Like right on that line. 
Allegheny. Let me. I'm gonna look it up right now. I, I'm not. I'm not too familiar with mm-hmm. that. Allegheny National Forest, Northwestern PA, Northeast okay. Pittsburgh. Yeah, so that's out in Western PA. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with that area. Yeah, and that's his. He has an Instagram. It's I think it's Shirks Guide Service. Shirks you, Guide Service. If you go and look at it, it's insane the amount of pictures and these big deer that he puts these people on in Pennsylvania that I just would never think of, especially in the mountains. Yeah, for them to get that big. Yeah, Pennsylvania. If, I mean, it feels like it's like they're the deer are getting bigger and they're getting there's more of there's more of them, more yeah. big deer, and I mean. That goes, I mean, I credit that to the antler restriction, I guess. I mean, it has to be, right? Mm-hmm. Something that didn't just change overnight. It's been a long time coming, but it seems like there's tons more big buck out there. And to find them and get them, you got to scout them, and you got to know their habits, their patterns, and everything. It's just, sometimes, I guess, you. I mean, you can, people luck into oh, buck yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. It happens, but yeah. you don't want to be solely counting on luck. Yeah, and you can, it'll make you feel more confident when you go out, right. too. It's like, hey, I have a great chance of seeing yeah. a big deer. It just goes back to going in blind. Mm-hmm. When you go in blind, something could go wrong, and it messes up the whole morning or evening, and then the spot shot. Yep. Like, I, it's happened to us several times. <laughs> right. Like, just something is not as you expected for one person, and that one person, if you're hunting with a group, that one person does something that we didn't plan, then everything gets messed up. Or if you're hunting solo, maybe you lose. You just you, in the especially in the big woods, and Pennsylvania, it's very easy to get lost. That That's makes a whole sense. other thing. Yeah, no. it's very easy to get lost. So you right. got you got to at least know something that what you're doing, mm-hmm. and it's just making time to do it. And I need to be better at it myself. That's for sure. And I'm going to this year. Yeah. That's just making it like you said, making the time, making the time, getting out there. Yeah, I mean, the best time that you want to go out, I think. Seems to be like when it's before it gets blazing hot in like the dead of summer Mm -hmm. or like late August, like right before the season, you're looking around. But right now, everyone you should be shed hunting. Yeah, there's horns on the ground everywhere now. I would imagine that just about every and that's the other thing. While I've been out scouting, I've been like hopeful to find, yeah, and I just haven't found any. Yeah, so that's another shot at the ego. Like, what am I doing out here? Yeah, if anyone listening has has found any good sheds this year, shoot us a picture. We'd love to see them and see what everyone's finding, the ones that made it through. Yeah. Ones that made it through to another year, hopefully. And it, now's that time of year where you're getting your mounts back. Speaking of mounts. From the previous season. So I got mine back Tanner got two his weeks buck ago. Back. It's awesome. Yeah, which is a buck featured in, I think, episode two. or It's early on, but uh, yeah, it's a great... Great Pennsylvania buck, very unique rack that it's tough to describe in, in words. You just kind of have to see it yourself. And, yep. You know, you be the judge, but he looks like he's been through the ringer. I'm sure. <laughs> I couldn't wait to pick it up when yeah. they called. I just, I left work early and it fits perfect in this house. It's perfect. <laughs> perfect spot, and Maddie's going to love it. Yep. Luckily, I mean, that buck, you got it. It was not in a CWD region in pennsylvania yep uh, i'm sure your people are i'm sure you guys are aware listening that th- there's a cwd crisis in uh, pennsylvania chronic waste disease i'm not exactly entirely i, I know about it but in terms of the specifics of the, of the disease like where it came from etc i'm not too familiar with but it's affecting the deer herd 
And this is leading to potentially more changes in Pennsylvania for hunting season. I think pretty drastic changes. Yeah. I think they're trying to uh, corner it in so it doesn't spread anymore. Right. But, Which uh, I know there's efforts in place right now where they're trying to keep things in check. And if you if you do kill a deer, and you know you're suspicious at all, you're supposed to report it. If you're in one of the regions that is classified as I think it, I don't even know what they call them like CWD designated areas, I yeah. believe. Mm-hmm. Which is all in the book that they give you, or that you. I don't think they're giving the books anymore. It's all going to be online PDFs, I think. Yeah. But either way, read it, and you know if you're in the area, but you should take it and go get it checked. Another. But I guess the point is, mm-hmm. while we're talking about this, there we, we heard recently that there was talks of an idea of uh, removing the antler restrictions in certain areas, as well as increasing doe license sales in those same areas, yep. which would be the CWD designated areas. And then lengthening the seasons is something else right. in those areas. So you'd be able to kill a buck. I mean, from the sounds of it, from what we've heard, the sounds of it is you'd be able to kill a buck, any buck. Yeah, anything, any nope. brown. No, yep, any <laughs> any buck, and it sounds like you're going to have plenty of opportunity to get multiple doe tags. Yep. And if in these CW, now this is not statewide. This is in these areas. Now, my first thought is, I mean, that's a little extreme, I think. I mean, that's like my first, one of you first tell me that, that my first thought is that's extreme. Like, I think the effort to build the deer population up the past however so long has is working. And, ha- I mean, it's clear the evidence is right in front of our eyes now anymore. I mean, the amount of big deer that have been taken in the state compared to what it's been in the past. Yeah. Just to, I mean... I don't know. It's tough. Well, that's, I would say, even over the past couple of years, to increase the doe numbers, they've had that rifle season split in half. Right. And I get the, I see the logic yeah. of what they're trying to do with, with, and I'm not sure, we're not certain that this is, you know, I guess. Yeah, it's not, none of it's official, and yeah. they're still weighing in until the 29th. So. Of February. Yeah. So, so it's being month. discussed of doing this in those areas. And yep. I, I don't know how I feel about it. I really don't. I need, maybe I need a little time to think about that one. I mean, I'd be interested to see if they've contacted any of the other states that have it. That are affected by CWD. Because if another state has tried this and is like, hey, that doesn't work. We tried it. We shouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like learning from others' mistakes. I yeah. Mean, that's like history. You're supposed to learn from history. <laughs> right. But somehow as a society, we fail to do that. It's everyone thinks they're smarter than the other person. I know. Let's just do this. Let's try this. Oh, uh-huh. wait. That's already been done before? Well, let's, we, it'll work here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I, with that idea, with the with taking the antler restriction away and et cetera, I think that could just end up doing more harm than good. Than, but I get the I get the 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 urge to get this under control so it yeah. doesn't spread and get out of control because CWD could wipe out the deer. Yeah. Um, but well, it's a serious issue and everyone should be aware of it. And just to give some perspective, they have some numbers listed on here on this website. Uh, the commission last year tested about 10,000 deer in 2018 and 123 tested positive. And as of right now, they have 10,000, but there's still 6,000 left to test and 148 have tested positive. So it's clearly increased. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, while that's still not a huge number in terms of the overall deer herd, 
that's just the 16,000 or the 10,000 heads that they have in their possession. Yeah. I mean, think of all the deer that have been, that are harvested this year that you were one weren't reported and two weren't taking the heads there to be tested. I wonder if, if you decide that, like say you had a deer with your car, a roadkill deer in a, one of those areas, right? Would they take the heads and test that too? I would think so, right? That's, I would say because it would be you'd report it to them, so that would right. be automatic. I would believe. I okay. would. I would assume that they would probably test that. Oh nope, that's and it says right here. There you go. The remaining to be tested are largely roadkill deer. So, yeah, there you go. Yes, there so, it is. Yeah, there must Never be mind. a system in place for that. I, was, <laughs> yeah. I would assume there is. I mean, it was below the ad. I didn't read yeah. below the ad. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, it's a serious issue, and like we said, you should know what's going on and know where you're hunting. Again, read the read the hunter's book, I and mean, they just don't write that stuff up for nothing. And yep. everything you need to know, rules, regulations, season, anything you need to know is in that book. And there's definitely information on CWD. Yep. But uh, thanks for tuning in to episode seven. Uh, it's been a great, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Yep. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.